again, this is the seven serving gifts. Our core scripture for the entire series is going to be 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4 through 8. And it says, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God, which was given to you by Jesus Christ, that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge. I love that. You're enriched in everything. How? By him. In all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you so that you come short in no gift. So obviously, Holy Spirit pinning this by Paul, the desire is that we would be short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation or revealing of the Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31 says, you should eagerly desire the ho- the most helpful gifts. Desiring spiritual gifts, again, is not about us. It's not about looking powerful, looking puffed up, looking famous, uh, get, receiving the applause of men. But the, the desire in the heart in every gift is the ones who are most helpful to others. Uh, that's why one of the reasons Paul says eagerly desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy because prophecy upbuilds, it edifies, it lifts up, it encourages. Um, but today we're going to really be discussing the gift of giving, the spiritual gift of giving. I'm not talking about just being a generous person. We're actually going to define it. It is a spiritual endowment from the Holy Spirit, something that Again, if this is helpful, we should be desiring by the Spirit to receive uh, impartation. I also believe that the gift of giving is also overlapped and coupled with the gift of hospitality, that they are actually the same thing. You cannot be hospitable without being giving. If you're truly hospitable and you come in my home, I freely give to you everything that I have. Um, hospitality is this, what is mine is yours. And, and we're really going to, um, I'm going to touch on that. I may be getting a, a little bit ahead of myself, but that's okay. Uh, I just really love hospitality. I, I think you see it um, with the Lord, you know, when he, again, he invites them to follow him, to live with him, to, to sleep where he sleeps, to eat when he eats, you know, he's very, very hospitable. I mean, no one is more hospitable and no one's more giving than Jesus. For this purpose, God came, right? He sent his only begotten son, right? To do what? To give eternal life. He is a giver. And he is so hospitable that he literally took all of his kingdom and spread out a table for you and me to come and sit down. at. He said, everything has been given into my father's hands and I give it to you. So hospitable, so giving this, this King we serve. Uh, our key scripture for the gift of giving is going to be found in Romans chapter 12. It's verses six through 13. And it reads having then gifts. So obviously it tells us right then, uh, that the context of what he's saying are gifts of the spirit deferring according to the grace, divine ability that is given to us. Let us use them if prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry. 
Let us use it in our ministering. Uh, another word for that is serving. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, and he who gives with liberty, he or freely, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness, let love be without a hypocrisy, arbor what is evil, cling to what is good, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. I love that because when we're talking in the context of giving, it includes loving your brother well. In honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in dil- diligence, excuse me, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, and distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality literally be given over to hospitality that we would give lib- liberally and be given over to hospitality mm-hmm. that it literally hospitality should ooze out of us let's define this word giving metadimodi so in in the Greek, giving is pronounced metadim omi, metadim omi, and it means to give a share of, offer by way of change, meaning literally it, it's changing hands, offer so that a change of ownership is produced. What's mine is yours. I share. Uh, Sometimes merely I impart to bestow, to share a thing with anyone, to impart absolutely. It, he that imparteth of his substance to give over, to share, to give impart. And this is my definition to give freely and unbegrudgingly with the understanding that. All we have belongs to the Lord and should be given freely as he wills. And again, in the context of giving and the, the, the gift of generosity and hospitality, you know, that I am not being hospitable if you come into my home and it bothers me that you're eating my food or drinking my drink or sitting on my couch or, you know, taking up my time or you know, that's not being hospitable. True, the true gift of giving and hospitality, that gift gives freely and without second thought. It's literally a grace that allows you to realize that the Bible says that all the gold in silver is mine. All the cattle on a thousand hill is mine. It lets you understand that you died and you no longer live, but Christ lives in you. That you are not your own. You were bought with a price and everything you have is his. And you give it freely by his leading. Let's uh, take a look at this in in the word. We're going to be in Acts chapter 4, verse 32 through 37. Acts chapter 4, verse 32 through 37. It says, now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. 
neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. I find it interesting that they're of one heart and one soul, mind, will, and emotions. And part of that is that no one says what they possess is their own. There's not an ounce of selfish ownership in them at all. It says, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Nor was there any among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed them to each as anyone had need. And Joseph, or Joseph, who was na also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. This is a manifestation of the gift of generosity, the gift of giving, that they are so moved with a revelation. And, a, and listen, it says great grace was upon them all. There was such a divine ability, a grace present on them to realize that what they had was not theirs, that not a single one among them lacked, that those out of their abundance who had gave to those who didn't have he who has uh what is it he who has little has has enough and he who has none has none or he has much has none left over they literally none lacked but they understood that each one were brothers and sisters in Christ each one were of the household of faith and that their father really owned it all that every good gift comes down where from where the father of light we're we'll being now in Second Corinthians chapter eight verses one through eight. This is Paul uh, writing to the the church at Corinth, and he says, "Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in His kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy." which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. That's so key. See, he's talking about this grace gift, this ability. They did it. It wasn't begrudgingly. There was an ease of it. There was a grace given by the Lord. And I love what he's saying here. They're being tested by many troubles. Oh, and they're poor, by the way. So it's not like, well, they had it all together. They had all their ducks in a row. They had everything. They, they were rich. And, you know, they just had plenty to go around. That's not what he's saying. He said, but because they were filled with such joy of what? The joy of their salvation. Such joy that literally that joy from knowing the Lord and being saved overflowed and caused them to be abundantly generous. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. They begged us 
again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gifts for the believers in Jerusalem. They begged Paul to take their money. Man, that is a stark contradiction to the world. (laughs) There's not very many people I'm begging to take my money. Then they're poor. <laughs> but they're so compelled and moved and they so understand it. And I, I love in, in the, the first verse, in verse one, listen to this, what he says, though. He does not say that they did it. He does not say that they made the choice in their minds. He does not say that, oh, they just decided to be, well, they're just generous people. And it was not it was not done in the carnal sense. Listen to this. What God has done in his, or God in his kindness has done through the churches. So both Paul and the people recognize that the generosity and the joy birthed in them was done by God's kindness through them. That it was him moving them to do this. They even did more than we hoped for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us just as God wanted uh, them to do. So we have urged Titus who encouraged your giving in the first place to return to you and encourage you to finish the ministry of giving. Paul calls it a ministry. Boy, we love the prophetic ministry in the church. Talking about the church at large. Boy, we love the healing ministry in the church. We love that. But man, at large, when we start getting around this subject, in in rightly so, rightly so, there have been many a charlatans. There have been many in the wrong heart. But you know, guys, do we throw truth away just because the devil twists it? No. You know? When the devil told Jesus to throw himself off of the, uh, the, the high place and that the angels would catch him and not allow him to dash his foot on, upon his soul, do we then throw out the verse about angelic protection? Absolutely not. We just use it in context. So just because somebody has taken the gift of giving and the truth of generosity and the truth of the, our our things are no longer ours. They're the Lord's. Mm -hmm. And they've taken that and they've twisted it and manipulated it and used it for evil. Does that mean we throw that out with, no, we don't throw the baby out with the Mm bathwater. No, we're accountable for our lives, who we're submitted to submitting one to another, loving each other and living it out in example. And not giving place to manipulation and and twisting. He literally calls it the ministry of giving. Then he goes on to say, since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. And so Paul's even comparing it to maturing in the Lord. He's saying, yeah, absolutely, we should have gifted speakers. Absolutely, we should have knowledge of and of the Lord experientially and obviously factual knowledge. We should have enthusiasm and love up for all the, blo- the brothers and, and, and the leaders. Uh, and also, though, to excel in this gracious act of giving. I am not commanding you to do this, but... 
I am testing how genuine your love is. That's very interesting that Paul is saying it's evident that your love is genuine when you're generous. That generosity is evidence of genuine love uh, by comparing it with the eagerness of the other churches. It's so amazing that, you know, he compares literally preaching and faith and generosity on the same level. He's not separating them at all. And I think sometimes, not, not always, but sometimes, you know, we separate things where there is no separation. You know, we place... Yeah, it's the same spirit, same gift. It should be desired, sought after, and practiced just as much as the others. Absolutely. Like radical generosity is like on par with fasting, I think, in some arenas, like to break demonic strongholds. Yeah, a hundred percent. I've heard it. Um, I've heard it said, if the if the if the money you have in your hand doesn't meet your need it's your seed there you go there you go meaning what if you need something sow what you have if it's not what you need you could sow what you have and we've just seen it and again I, i'm not into making formulas though i think that's a great saying and i think it sounds good and i think there's truth in it but i'm not really um i'm not really into into making formulas uh, but more spirit led, which, which I'll get into in just a moment. Um, Galatians chapter four, verse 15 says, what then was the blessing you enjoyed for? I bear witness that if possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. What language is Paul using here to describe the generosity that they were operating in? I mean, that's some strong language. What then was the blessing you enjoyed? I bear witness that if possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. That you're that generous. That takes giving the shirt off your back. <laughs> a, whole new, a whole new level. I'm giving out organs over here. You know? <laughs> Philippians chapter 4, uh, verse 11 through 19. Philippians chapter 4. Verse 11 through 19. This will be our last portion of scripture. He says, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere, and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but only you. It's very interesting. No church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but only you. Obviously, he's speaking to the church at Philippi, which is one of the uh, least, or I would say, 
one of the 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 or if not the fewest rebukes in any of the letters to the churches is in this letter. The church at Philippi had it going pretty well going on. If you go back and compare all the other letters, like this church is a model church. It's amazing with with the things that Paul addresses them. But he says, uh, you share with me concerning and receiving, uh, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, or Thessalonica, man, I can't talk tonight. I think you said it right the first time. Thessalonica. You sent and once again for my necessities, or you sent aid once again for my necessities, but not that I seek the gift because it's not about that. And again, here's that pure heart. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Mm -hmm. So here's Paul saying, I I would, and again, he, he wrote it to the Corinthians too. I want you to grow. And you know, he's talking about the churches in Macedonia and then he lists the, the Philippians and he says, now you Philippians know also that the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving, receiving, but only you. So when he's talking to the Corinthians, he's talking about the churches in Macedonia. Who's he talking about? He's talking about the Philippians and he's telling the Corinthians, I want you to partake in the ministry of giving. But man, when we get the full context of all of scripture, we rewrite here and he literally is going, I'm not saying that because I seek your gift. And I wasn't telling the Corinthians to have the ministry of giving because I'm seeking the gift. I'm actually doing it for you. Why? So that you would have the fruit that abounds to your account. Because Paul understands that we do not keep and get. We give and receive. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received, I'm not even going to try tonight, this guy's name, uh, the thing sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Paul calls the donation, the offering, Paul calls it a sweet smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice and well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Right smack in the context of, I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Do you realize that when you give, you get in this life and the next? You're giving out of obedience to the voice of the spirit. It's being accredited to your count in eternity. And guess what? When you give, it shall be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together and overflowing. He who loses his life in this life, he who loses, what is it? Mother, brother, sister, father, house, mm-hmm. children, for, in my, whatever it is for my name, it'll be given back to him in this life and in the next. Yeah. Yes, with persecution. 
Your generosity in this life manifests a harvest in the next life. And in this life, which is, it's like double. That's right. Well, you just can't beat them dividends. I'm just telling you. That's right. You have to be uh, able to receive too. Not receiving is uh, is an orphan heart, but um, we're, we won't go down that road tonight. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was going through my mind. No, it's it's spot on. Um, so again, this gift of giving is a divine ability. It's impartable. It can be received by the Holy Spirit. That if you take it by faith and ask God to um, impart this to you. I have felt just like I have sensed the gift of prophecy come in a room or upon me or stir up within me is a better uh, wording, I think. I have also felt that gift of generosity rise up for strangers, for brothers and sisters. And you're like, it make no, it makes no sense, but I know that I'm supposed to. Mm-hmm. That's that gift being brought up and activated and stirred. It's just like when Paul told Timmy, stir up the gift of God that is within you. Well, this is one of them. This is one of them. Um, it is by far, and I mentioned this earlier, earlier, contrary to the world. The world wants to tell you, get your money. Stack paper. Yeah, get, show me the money. Get them stacks. You know, that make it rain. You know, that's that's the world. That's what it's about. You know, money's not evil, guys. It's the exactly. It's how you feel about. It. That's great. The love of money is the root of all evil. Money is not the the root of all evil. Yeah makes the bartering system more fluid the way it works in the kingdom is if he'll get it through you he'll get it to you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you literally become your hand is held out like this mm-hmm. and it literally just flows like yeah. that mm-hmm. and I've it been, just flows in and out yeah i've been guilty of not receiving yeah you know um i i I, I got so accustomed to being on one side of the equation yeah. that I was uncomfortable with receiving. Yeah. And I had, a, I had a cousin who wanted to give me a specific type of lure at a yeah. family reunion. Yeah. And it was, I, I just, I couldn't accept it. Yeah. Because I just wasn't accustomed to receiving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, that a lot of that comes into understanding whose you are and that your father is a good dad. He's a really good dad. And matter of fact, he told you, he said, if you, as a dad, know how to give your child good gifts, mm-hmm. how much more will your father in heaven? Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. How much more? He'll not give you a stone when you ask for a piece of bread. Mm-hmm. He'll not give you a snake when you ask for a fish. He is a good father. But what this does, generosity demands death. Generosity demands death to yourself. Generosity demands death 
to do I trust in my money or do I trust in the Lord? Does my help come from my wallet or does my help come from Zion? Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Right. Mm-hmm. It'll it 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 again. What did he say? Mm-hmm. He he said, "I want to test how genuine your love is." Are you giving? That's what he's saying. Generosity is not only done because of a need. You don't only give just because of a need. You give because of obedience. Mm -hmm. You hear from him and you respond. Mm -hmm. I have given some pretty extravagant gifts in my life to people who absolutely did not need what I gave. But God said, do it. And I obeyed. Someone would have looked at that and said, couldn't you have given that to a homeless person? Yeah, I could have, but the spirit didn't say to. Does that mean that I wouldn't give to a homeless person? No, and I have, and I believe in that. I do. But to me, it goes back to, you know, you'll have the poor with you always, you know, like, like you always have an opportunity to give to the poor, but here's an opportunity I've spoken to you directly obey. Two more points and then we'll we'll pray. Um, obviously, I was just talking about not giving haphazardly, but spirit-led. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I'm going to go empty my savings account and just everybody run into hand $100. You know, mm-hmm. not going to do that. That's not what it means. It's not yours. So that means you don't have permission to do that anyway. It's the Lord's that he's given you to steward. If you would like some scriptural context for that, go read any of the parables about stewardship and you'll find out real quick that none of it belongs to you. Mm-hmm. It belongs to him. But when you're faithful with what he's given you and you multiply and increase it and do it according to his leading and his word, he'll give you more and more and more and more to be faithful with. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you right now, there was a time and I was homeless Uh, I had absolutely nothing. I never in a million years thought I would be able to purchase a brand new car. Ever. And it's not about, it's not about the material things. Cause, cause let me tell you right now, if the Lord decided tomorrow that he would take everything, then I, as Paul said, I would learn to be content. I have been, I have been content. I have lived. I've been homeless and saved. Born again with nothing. No one would hire me because of my past. And I had to learn to be content with the Lord. I had to learn to be content walking around a mountain of trash, picking up trash in the freezing cold for $50 a day. But you know, there's somebody out there that can walk up to me and say, man, I wish I could make $50 a day. I only make 10 cents a day, a, ta- a quarter a day. There's people, man, whew, all over. The- we can go real deep down that rabbit hole. Here's a little piece of wisdom from an old Amishman. Yeah. He said a dollar isn't much yeah. unless you don't have one. That's right. Hmm. But I've learned to be, and as far as the context of America, I have learned to be content in little. Mm-hmm. And now we've been blessed and we're content. Yeah. 
you know, but if we got to go, I mean, the income, whatever happens, tribulation, whatever happens, persecution, whatever happens, man, I'm in love with Jesus, not the stuff he's allowed me to steward. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, everything he gives me is for his purposes. Everything he gives you is not yours. It's for his purposes. And if you will use it, he'll keep giving you better and better and better. It just is the way it works. You know? Now, we don't make doctrine out of that because we understand persecution comes and things happen and trials and stuff like that. But the principle of, uh, it remains. And if it ain't manifested in this life, you better believe it's manifested in the next life. Tithe versus generosity. I'm going to touch on this one. Tithe versus generosity. And I know there's a lot of debate. We've taught on it. We're in, uh, out of Hebrews. We, as a house, uh, and me, doctrinally, we believe in that the tithe has always been given to Jesus mm-hmm. through Melchizedek. So if you read in Hebrews, and we don't have time to go there today, but you can, you can check it out in Hebrews. But if you read in Hebrews, it actually says even the Levites themselves, they tithed through Abraham. That the tithe was not bound to the law. The the tithe was pre-law and actually always has been to Jesus. Because Jesus is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. And we always tithe to Melchizedek, who was Jesus, right? So the tithes always belong to Jesus. I'm going to stretch a little bit here. Maybe not y'all, because I know I'm preaching to the choir. Tithing is not being generous. Mm -hmm. Tithing is being obedient. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So giving the tithe, the 10%, is not, oh, well, I'm generous, I tithe. Mm -hmm. No, you're obedient. Mm -hmm. What about the person who doesn't tithe? Well, they're disobedient. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. Now, there's some people that they don't, they, they just say, well, I'm just going to give and I always give more than a tithe. Well, that's fine, but, but at the end of the day, you're still tithing. You just, then you give an extra, you know, whatever way you got to wrap around your mind, you call it legalism because we talk about the tithe. No, they mention it. It's there in the New Testament. Jesus says, render under Caesar's what is Caesar's and God's what is God's. And he's talking in the context of paying the government your taxes pay taxes. They uh, reaffirm that in the New Testament as well. When Paul, I think Paul and Peter both tell you to pay your taxes. Mm -hmm. And, and then we see it in Hebrews with the tithe. Mm -hmm. Generosity begins after the tithe. Um, You know, and however that is be led. I I, I know people that give 50%, 51% of their income. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Would love to get there. Mm -hmm. And, And I'm telling you, this thing is so supernatural. Courtney and I, because we've been on this this journey walking with God, and sometimes how many of you know walking with God, things things change. They go up and down, and they shift and they change. We've we've gone from where you know I made fifty dollars a, a a day two or three times a week to fifteen thousand dollars a year to sixty thousand dollars a year, then back down, then uh, you know it's just went all over the place. It's just went all over the place. And all of it has been by the Lord. But each, we made, we, we decided that each time God would give us a raise, like 
in big things in, in that life that we would give more. That we would give more. So we would give whether it was, um, I don't remember what percentage we started with, but we just picked a random thing and we just wanted to give more. We give more. Well, how do you know, again, things change in life and, uh, and all of a sudden, you know, we were making one thing and now we're making like a third of that. Well, instinct would say, stop giving the level you need to readjust and not give what you're given. But we just was like, well, let's try not to and see what happens. Can I tell you, I don't know how it works out. I don't know how God does it. I don't know what he does to the bank account systems or (laughs) tweaks things or twists things or stretches dollars. I don't know how it works. But every time we have never, ever, ever, ever had to decrease our giving. I don't know how. And if I showed you, like, like when we left Red Wing, if I showed you what I was making a year and what I left to make, you would go, what? You didn't change. No, we didn't change a thing. And God, actually, I think we give more now or right around. But God's been faithful. God has been faithful. He's, wor- He's not a man that he should lie. Test him in it. He actually, the only thing God says to test him in is the tithe. And then generosity, he's like, yeah, give and it shall be given. Like, is God a liar? Do you believe God? I mean, we preached it a while back. Why don't you just go ahead and, and believe God? And again, I'm not, I'm not saying this to you because we're, as, a, as a community and a body, our finances are lacking. Because actually, they're not. I just saw a thing, a post the other day where they were telling churches, they were advising churches not to budget 100% of their budget, but only 90%. And I'm scratching my head because for years now, we've been budgeting at 50%. And I'm like, what in the world are they doing? <laughs> you know, I couldn't imagine thinking, thinking that. You know, and that doesn't mean slack up in giving. That says a lot about our people. It says a lot about generosity. So I'm not sitting here saying all this. This is not, this is not, this is not, uh, you know, hey, we got a new building. We looked at the numbers and we need more money message. This is not what that is. It's there. We're good. What this is, is this is saying, hey, I'm not saying this for our benefit. We're teaching this and we're going to come around. I'm going to lay hands on you and pray that God increases it and imparts it. This is saying, this is saying so that it can be credited. The fruit will be accredited to your account. Mm -hmm. There is a grace to give. There's a divine ability to give. And I say even in public, paying for people's meals, Mm -hmm. paying for, I know like Radical radical tips, especially like, I knew right before coronavirus, we had an opportunity and I, I'm not going to tell you cause I'm not going to lose my reward, but I mean, it was, mm-hmm. if I was that waitress, I would have went, <gasps> you know, and those kind of things like, and don't, you don't need, you don't even need to let them know. Just walk out. God saw it. God saw it. I want my applause from the, from Jesus and the host of heaven, not from man. Amen. I'm just put in a position teaching you where sometimes I have to share some of those things. I'm like, Lord, I hope there's like this special grace that I don't like lose it. You know, I'm just joking. Of course he's merciful. Can I ask you 
say something? Yeah. Um, whenever I would like go over like my budgeting because I like love looking at my finances, I would put the tithe up first because the tithe is always first um, yeah. before all my bills. And I'd be like, oh, I'll be in the negative or oh, I only have like this much money left over. But every single time I tithe first, it doesn't matter what I wrote down. I always have money left over to make count. Yeah. Like <laughs> it like never fails. Yeah, it's she's a hundred percent right. It doesn't even make sense. It does. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I mean I think many of you, some of you maybe not have heard the story, but Courtney and I, um, you know, I got hurt, L five S one herniated disc. I couldn't work. It was nine months into our marriage. I couldn't provide. I, I couldn't even wash dishes. You know, she would yell at me. I'd be I'd be sometimes trying to wash dishes. She'd, she'd come to the door. You're supposed to be on bed rest. You know, but I'm a man. I'm like I got to do something. You know. <laughs> I can't just sit here and you want to talk about pressure. We live next to my in-laws. They're like, this man done married my daughter and now he got a job. What's going to happen? Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah, you know, so I'm hurt. You know, I had a really good job too. God was blessing me. I got like three promotions in three months. I mean, that was like crazy. And then I got hurt and I'm like, man, what the, come on devil. Anyway. So, um, I'm hurt, couldn't provide, and like, man, we had student loans. I had debt out my ear. She had debt. I mean, it was bad, and, you know, I, I was a drug addict for years and, a, you know, a criminal. I, like, screwed up my life, you know, um, and she still married me. Anyway, uh, so it's the mercy of Jesus, but anyway. um because he's from the South. I like his accent. That's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. Well, hey, I told her the first night we met, I told her everything I ever did wrong. He's a fixer-upper. Yeah. Everything I ever did wrong. I laid it all out there, and I was like, take it or leave it. That's right. So, yeah. So, um, shoot the rabbit. All right. So, um, you, you know, we we literally got to the point where, you know, we didn't know how we were going to eat. You know, and we got Caleb coming over on the weekends and not knowing how we were going to feed him and, uh, animals. animals. And, uh, I'm like, honey, I don't know. We're going to get rid of the dogs or eat them. You know, and I'm just, I'm kidding. That was totally a joke. But, uh, you know, but, but we made a decision to, to tie. In that moment, we said, no, we are going to believe God's word, even if something in front of us contradicts it. We're going to believe God's word. He's right. Whatever the situation is, if it don't line up, it's wrong. God's right. And uh, the devil is a liar. And, uh, and so we just decided, and I remember my my mom and stepdad were coming up to visit and i was like i don't even know like you know we 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 couldn't feed ourselves that so were like house guests you know but you know mom always like take you out to dinner and stuff so we figured that's what they would probably do so we're like okay cool so they pull up at the house with a giant freezer oh yeah i remember this full of food like flounder and t-bone steaks and we didn't just eat. We ate like kings, you know, and God just 
man, he just showed up. And it was like that. We had off that that one freezer. And they brought, like, uh, butter beans and peas and big bags of veggies. and I mean, everything from the South. I'm like, yes, Lord. You know? And, uh, and so it was all fresh and good. God provide, you know, and that's, that's how God is. That's what it, his word is true. And I want to manifest the full measure of the man. I want to, I want to embody all of him that I can and display him on the earth in his fullness. And one of the biggest ones, well, I mean, it's all big, but generosity is a part of him. It is who he is, who he is for God. So loved the world. He gave good. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for, um, the gift of generosity. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, that you are the giver. Holy spirit. You're the giver. You give gifts. Father, you gave us Jesus. Every good gift comes down from you. Jesus. Oh, your words are life. You are the manna that comes down from heaven. Help us to be like you in the area of giving. Radical generosity, Lord. Uh, in, a, in a city, God, that has uh, been under a spirit of poverty, God, may it be broken by a generous people, Lord. I pray, God, it would just become a culture of, of giving, Lord. I pray people would even begin to, be as, as the word challenger came up, challenge, that we would just be like looking to be more generous than the other, that it would literally become a challenge, like who can just be more generous, Lord, of time even. It's not just money. It's being hospitable, having people in our homes, giving freely of what we have, not being attached to things. Lord, you own it all. I pray we'd be open to hear your voice and giving it away. In Jesus' name, release gifts of giving. In Jesus' name, amen.